you had a good Thanksgiving with uh, family and loved ones, uh, whether family or not, friends, and uh, it uh, sometimes becomes uh, burdensome to uh, eat all the food that uh, is laid out, and you want to try this and a little bit of that, <laughs> and then you find out maybe uh, maybe you've overdone it a bit. Uh, but uh, God is good, and we praise him this morning for his goodness. Uh, we're going to look at scripture this morning from the book of Galatians, and I'm deeply indebted for much of what uh, my content will be to uh, Dr. Dennis Kinlaw, uh, who lived from 1922 to 2017. He was the president of Asbury and uh, is uh, renowned as a person who began the Francis Asbury Society and uh, a person uh, of, of uh, great impact and holiness circles uh, for his, his great contributions and insight. Uh, we're going to read out of Galatians chapter Four, verses 4 through 7, <clears throat> and you may stand with me for the reading of the word this morning. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem deem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And so uh, the reading of the word sets the tone for our comments this morning. Lord, uh, we bow our heads before you, asking for your continued presence with us. We thank you, dear Lord, when we think of this special time of the year that there is no equal to what we celebrate that took place so many years ago, that, that the impact continues to be felt, that uh, greater impact is going to come when once again this Christ who came to us is going to once again come back. So I pray, dear Lord, you'll help us as we meditate on the word this morning. Enrich in our hearts, I pray, and help us, dear Lord, to draw closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And so Dr. Dennis Kinlaw uh, actually uh, penned a little brochure uh, that talks about the birth of Jesus and the question is asked uh, was it an event or an advent and I thought um, you know his knowledge is well beyond any of my scope of learning his reading and so forth and so I felt directed to use his insight this morning to share with you and uh, I think you probably appreciate that uh, when uh, we go to sources outside 
of my own intellect and, and my own experience. Uh, you heard about the preacher who said he was going to be original or nothing, and he wound up being both. Uh, so it's not too hard, it's not too hard of a mark to hit uh, to be original and nothing. And uh, someone made the comment about one preacher. They said that they never knew anybody, any preacher that uh, went down so deep and they stayed down so long and came up with so little. <laughs> so uh, none of those things are very encouraging, are they? <laughs> uh, but, but we've all been there when there's been a lot of verbiage and uh, there's been a lot of time spent, uh, but there hasn't been much taken away from that. Uh, and I try to avoid that. I, I actually do try to avoid that at all costs because if it's boring to me, I figure it's boring to you. <laughs> and so I don't want to just go through a routine, a ritual, a reading, and say there we have we have worshipped because if your intellect is not involved if you don't if you don't feel that you're getting a hold of something a little different or you're seeing something in a little different way then you, you feel like maybe your time is not in in the best interest spent and so uh, even if you only get one thing out of a service it may not be from the message that the minister gives. It may be from an insight that the song leader gives into a song, or it may be a special song. Uh, it may be uh, something that is said in a Sunday school class or uh, some uh, testimony that an individual gives. Uh, but we ought to try to get something, shouldn't we? And, and feel that we have received something uh, in the service that's going to enhance our walk with the Lord. And so, uh, unashamedly, I use his thought. Uh, the birth of Jesus was in an event or advent. Uh, Dr. Kinlaw talks about the fact that uh, he never really stopped to ponder uh, what, how important this birth of Jesus was uh, until a little later in, in his life. Uh, and I'm not saying he was an old man or anything like that, or he'd already been a college, a university president. But uh, he stopped to ponder uh, what, what this birth of Jesus means. Because we probably have all thought about uh, how everything harkens back to that date, <laughs> to that time. Uh, so Dr. Kinlaw said that as he thought about this, uh, the calendars on our walls, in our pockets, on our, on our phones, on our smartphones, whatever, uh, everything comes from the date of his birth, and all is reckoned from that. So 
he says, I actually count my age by his coming. Uh, so my birthday, uh, 1943, looks back to the time of Jesus' birth, and, and I count the date of my beginning from then. And someday, uh, as Dr. Kinlaw's date of death is already on his stone, someday the date of my death will look back clear back to the time of Jesus' birth. Now, there's been a little finagling done uh, because uh, not everybody likes to talk about Jesus. Did, did, have you come to realize that? Uh, some people like to avoid that. And so even saying B.C., which we think of as before Christ, uh, they don't like to say that. And so uh, when I, I believe it was on my trip to Israel, I found that they had a different way of, of reckoning that time. Instead of saying uh, B.C., uh, it was uh, B.C.E., before current era, before current era. So you don't have to say before Christ that way. You say before the current era. And then and instead of saying uh, our AD, which uh, I can never remember exactly what that means from the Latin, uh, but it means uh, that, uh, let me see here and I'll read it to you, uh, Anno, A-N-N-O, Dominic, D-O-M-I-N-I. Anno Dominic, uh, meaning the year of our Lord. So they don't want to say that, uh, so they just say current era, the current era. So you say before the current era, or you say the current era, and that gets you around that. Uh, but as I mentioned that, I think it was Dr. Purdue I was talking to about this, and he said, that, that really doesn't matter. <laughs> it's still the same. <laughs> Whatever they want to change the uh, reference, it still goes back to when Jesus was born. And he's right. It does. It still goes back to when Jesus was born. You can call it current year. You can call it before Christ. But it's still the same time. I liked what uh, Dr. Kinlaw said when he said uh, uh, even... Even the date that the emperor of Rome served uh, is not, the, the birth of Jesus is not dated according to his time of reigning, but his reign is reckoned from the time of Jesus' birth. Uh, so uh, it's, it's backwards to what you think. Well, the great person was the emperor of Rome, uh, but but we reckon his time by the birth of Jesus. The birth of a baby is what, is what determines when we think of his time of being in power. So newspapers, uh, all kind of, of uh, uh, court dates and documents, uh, certificates, graduation, whatever, it all points back to that date, doesn't it? When Jesus was born. And so uh, 
we could, we could talk about the error uh, on the calendar when he was born, that uh, Jesus was born uh, about, uh, as I recall, about 3 B.C. because somebody messed up on the calendar. You know, I messed up uh, Wednesday night and, and gave Allison a, a wrong name and, and uh, had the wrong name of the Methodist preacher uh, in the bulletin. So I had her name down as... as uh, as being Dorothy instead of Donna. Uh, so I can understand how that guy could have made a mistake back there many thousands of years ago and, and got the date wrong. Uh, but we still, we're still looking at the time of Jesus' birth and that that sets the standard for reckoning time in our world. And so uh, Dr. Kinlaw said that... Um, uh, he attended a, a conference of Methodist ministers and that uh, in this conference of Methodist ministers, uh, the, the speaker who was uh, renowned, a, a very in intellectual fella, uh, his name uh, I've never heard before, but at that time he was very well known. Uh, Edwin Lewis, uh, he was a prominent theologian uh, who had been at work on a Bible commentary. Uh, his time with the biblical text had left its impact on his life and his theology. He came to speak to this group of young uh, of Methodist ministers, and Dr. Kinlaw went as a delegate. Uh, whether he was a minister then or not, I don't know. He said he went as a delegate to this conference. And it was because the Methodist Church was in a state of decline. And so they were, they were having these conferences uh, to try to uh, boost uh, the uh, morale of ministers and uh, to refocus on evangelism. And so, uh, Dr. Kinlaw said that uh, as he sat there, and of course I suppose he was just Dennis Kinlaw at the time, uh, he said uh, that this man uh, said to them that, that evangel evangelism was nothing more than sharing the good news. Now, we know the gospel means good news, don't we? We know that's what it means. We've heard that. And we've heard it so many times, it, it just kind of rolls off our heads sometimes. We don't even think about it. Yeah, sure, gospel means good news. Well, this Edwin Lewis uh, expressed concern that he said many of those there did not have any good news to share. Uh, and uh, he said, I will never forget how he thundered. I can divide you all with one question. How you answer this will tell me whether you have good news to share or not. The question is, was Jesus the son of God? Was Jesus the son of Mary who became the son of God? Or was he the son of God who became the son of Mary? 
Dr. Kinlaw said, suddenly my intellectual world began to shift. I realized that I had tended to see in Jesus the best that this world could produce. I was being faced with a very different point of view. Jesus was a part of this world, but his or origin was in another world. And so the wheel started turning in Dennis Kinlaw's head about this statement. Was Jesus the son of Mary who became the son of God, or was he the son of God who became the son of Mary? And that is a significant question. So uh, when we think about the birth of Jesus, uh, it definitely was an event in human history. We cannot, we cannot state otherwise. It was, it was a great event. Uh, think, of, think of the things that originated, occurred because of the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, think of uh, the birth of Christianity because of Jesus coming. Uh, anybody that would say that it's not an event uh, would, would do a disservice to that. But uh, it's more than just an event in human history. And that's what we celebrated this morning uh, with uh, Kathy Young Phillips coming all the way from Alabama to light a candle. And, uh, and I mean, Arkansas. Yeah, thank you, sister. <laughs> Sometimes I want to put them in Alabama, Arkansas, um, to uh, light our candle of Advent, our first candle of Advent. And so, uh, what about what about an event versus Advent? Uh, what about it? What is that just playing with words? Is that just saying something that really doesn't have any real significance? You're just showing off your education, say, well, you know, I know, I know a little bit more, and so that makes me a step higher up the ladder because I know a little bit more. And like I said, Dennis Kenlaw uh, is far, far beyond my education and my uh, experience. And so I'm glad to borrow from him this morning uh, when he talks about this Christ either event or advent. Um, he said that uh, there was another fellow, uh, a Scottish theologian by the name of Thomas Torrance. Once again, I've never heard of him, but during the Second World War, he served for a while as a chaplain in the British Army. His unit was in a battle and Torrance himself found that he was ministering to a 19-year-old British soldier who was dying. He was badly wounded. Torrance knew that the boy was dying and the boy knew that he was dying. Padre 
he asked this chaplain, Padre, is God like Jesus? Torrance answered, Son, you do not need to fear that there is any God lurking behind the back of Jesus. When a person meets Jesus, they have met God. When a person meets Jesus, they have met God. Well, that's a praise the Lord, huh? Praise the Lord. That's something to rejoice in. That that there's nothing more, there's nothing beyond, there's nothing greater. When a person meets Jesus, they have met God. And so, uh, Dennis Kenlaw went on. Uh, to talk about uh, the word event. Uh, the world would like to say that Jesus coming was the Jesus event. It was the Jesus event. <clears throat> which, which merely means that it was, it was a great happening in history. It was a great thing that took place in history. And, and as such, it has impacted our world. That something in our world became so uh, renowned, phenomenal, so great, that it has impacted our world, as Christianity has. Think for a little bit about Christianity, about what Christianity has done. We, we don't even stop to think a lot of times that the old monasteries uh, were actually, in some respects, hospitals, and uh, that they cared for people, uh, that now, uh, whether, whether or not you're a Methodist, a lot of people go to the Riverside Methodist Hospital, don't they? Uh, that uh, whether you're Catholic or not, a lot of people would like to go to Mount Carmel. And uh, so many hospitals have come into being because of, of Christians that cared about the needs, the physical needs of people. So it definitely was an event. But if you look at the word event and advent, they both have the same root. Uh, they, both, they both have the, the word or the thought of coming. Uh, they are, and I'm not going to go back to the, the verbal root because you won't remember that anyway, but... Uh, the E in event is a, prop, is a preposition meaning from or out of. So when we talk about an event, it is, it is something that came out of something in this world. It is something that occurred because of something that happened in this world. But when you, 
put the when you put the beginning ad in there, it means to. And so uh, when you talk about uh, Advent, you're talking about something coming to the world, not something coming out of the history of the world. You're talking about something coming to the world. And so that's what the scripture that I read this morning says that in the fullness of time, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. So we have the son coming into the world from outside the world. He is, he is not as we were begun I had my beginning in my mother's womb, but Jesus existed before the time that he was in Mary's womb. And the scripture tells us that he came in to Mary through the operation, through the miracle of the Holy Spirit. And so he came to the world from outside the world. Now, there are people trying to figure out how, how civilization began, and, and they, many do not want to embrace the idea of a creator God that, that started all this and that formed man and so forth. So they want to talk about maybe some seed coming from, from one of the planets out there. That, uh, some, some way or another, there was, there was life there. All that does is throw it back though, doesn't it? Because how did life get on that planet? <laughs> how did life begin there? Uh, there still had to be a source somewhere. If you have a fire, doesn't there have to be some heat or a spark or something that starts the fire? And so if you're, if you're only talking about inanimate, if you're only talking about uh, things that, that have no uh, that have no life, that have no warmth. Uh, how does all this happen? And then if you come up with civilization, then, then what about personality? What about what makes us people and uh, that, that there's love and that people will, people will do all kinds of things because of emotions? Where does emotion come from? You can't take two rocks and say, look at the emotion here in these rocks. Uh, it's stupid because there isn't any. Uh, so uh, people go to extremes to avoid admitting that there had to be a first cause, and that first cause is God, that God set us on our journey of life. And so... The whole difference between event and advent is what came out of history, what came into history. And so when we talk about, when we talk about what went on, uh, we talk about uh, that Jesus was born of a virgin, uh, that 
there was no male involved, that he does not have an earthly father. He had an earthly stepfather, and he was a good one. He was, he was a great person, but he did not have an earthly father. He had a heavenly father because the Holy Spirit initiated his formation for a body in the womb of Mary. And it was absolutely necessary that he have a human body. He is God. He knew what it was to be God. He was part of the triune God. And when he came, he had to be God to come into our world to take our sin upon himself. As God, he could not suffer what he had to suffer to pay for our sins. But he was given a body, and that's what the psalm, psalmist said, a body you have prepared me. And so he came, he came into our world fully human and fully divine. Fully God and fully man, not just intermingled, not you can just separate it, but both in one person. And the scriptures indicate to us that he's always going to be a man. That since he took on human flesh, that we're going to see him again, and that he's always going to be the God-man. That he did this as a permanent thing for us to pay the price for our sins. And so God, the scripture says, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law. So he came as a man. He was subject to live under the Mosaic law like many other Jewish males were. Difference is when Jesus lived under the law, he lived it perfectly. He never committed a sin. He never violated the law. He never had to say, I'm wrong, I misspoke. When he spoke, he spoke with the authority of God. And he is our perfect example. No, we cannot measure up to who he is and who he was here on earth. But he is our perfect savior. And because he is perfect then, he could die for our sins, couldn't he? He could die in our place. If he had committed one sin, folks, <clears throat> he couldn't have died for us. And some of the airheads today in the Christian church that say Jesus wasn't sinless, um, that's baloney however you slice it. Because if that's not true, if Jesus was not perfect, then he couldn't die for us. So yes, he was under the law, and he perfectly lived under the law. And he came with the express purpose of redeeming us from the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons or children of God. And when it says sons, the ladies don't have to feel left out because it refers to you also, that you're adopted into the family. So what does that mean? It means 
when you're adopted, you were part of another family, but you brought in, you're being brought into another family. And in our case, the scripture tells us that we were children of the devil. We were the devil's brats. And we were not the children of God. But now, through Jesus Christ, we have the blessing of being brought into the family of God. And as Christians, we have the great example of people of faith that have lived and shown their faithfulness to God. We're part, we're part of that family. We're part of those in the Old Testament that walked by faith, as you can read about in Hebrews 11. We're, we're part of the faithful group in the New Testament that received Christ. We're all part of that family. And I praise God for that. And so, Jesus came to our world from outside of our world as an advent, as an advent, not as an event of history. <clears throat> and his whole intent is for us to be part of God's family, even as we know Jesus was analogous with the Holy Spirit, with God the Father. Jesus wants us to be one of that family. Uh, he wants to share himself with us so that we who are creatures can receive into our creaturely lives the one who is holiness, love, and eternal life. He identified with we creatures, with all of our shortcomings, all of our failures. He didn't just look down from heaven and say, oh, pity those poor people, but he came to bring resolution. He came to bring forgiveness. He, bring, he came to bring eternal life to us. And I'm glad that it's not just a patch on corrupted nature, but I'm glad that through Jesus Christ and the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we have a change, don't we? We have a change. It's not just a covering. It's not just, it's not just something that, uh, that covers up our sin, but it's something that takes away our sin, which is much more than what was happening in the Old Testament. So praise be to God for what he has done. And so I hope that, I hope that is clear to you this morning. And if you have any questions, you're welcome to ask me after the service, uh, and I'll try to answer them. But I thought it was, it was significant in its simplicity. Uh, it was down, the cookies were on the lower shelf. I like the cookies on the lower shelf where I can get a hold of them. And uh, God calls us to feed his sheep, not to feed his, his giraffes, right? Uh, so we don't have to be way intellectual and have all kind of, of uh, 
letters after our name to prove our educational ability, but we have, we have what God has given to us that's supplied and provided for us on our level where he can minister to us. Uh, will you stand with me this morning? Bow your heads with me for prayer. If you have a need of prayer, you're welcome to come this morning. And we'll pray with you. And God can meet your need. I'm glad that we've been made an heir of God through Jesus Christ. That we have a heavenly home that's waiting for us. Lord, as we've given space of time here for anyone that wanted to pray at the altar to come, we now come to you at the close of this service and ask, dear Lord, that your presence will go with us, that your love will surround us, that your grace, dear Lord, will over and over witness to our heart that it is sufficient for us, whatever our needs. I ask, dear Lord, that your watch care will be on us. I pray for your mercies for those that are going through difficult times. <coughs> and Lord, for all you do, we give you praise and thank you for this first Sunday of Advent. But we're glad we don't have to wait until the fourth Sunday and the fifth Sunday to know that Jesus is ours. We know it now. He came many years ago, and he's available for us, present tense. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You are dismissed.